Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. Couldn't sleep last night. It felt like the night before Christmas. The NFL season is finally here after an offseason where you have so much movement. Chris, you can't make this story up if you try. Listen, I consider myself a creative person. I took creative writing in high school. I got an A-plus in this class. But I, I I couldn't even write this script if you asked me to. It's unbelievable. New York game day starts. Hard to get it done with Smallwood. Dilly dilly. No. no. Anita Marks, Chris Canty, and you. It is week 14 of the NFL season. I know I sound excited. Not sure if uh, the Giants or the Jets are. I don't. Hey, you know who? You know who is excited, Chris? Who would Eli that be? Manning's excited. You know why? He's getting the start on Monday Night Football. Against the Eagles, I mean... Are you sure he's excited about I mean, that? How could he not be? Well, he's going up against a defensive front that is fifth in quarterback knockdown rate in the Philadelphia Eagles. So, uh, with a shaky offensive line, I don't think Eli Manning is in a hurry to get behind that group. I, I, I Just I, I, just under, I, under, I understand the matchup isn't ideal. Okay. I, I understand that. I just, I would imagine... Players want to play? Uh, players want to play. I get you Monday Night Football. Players Why not? Um... And I, I'm sure it's got to be hard for him. I, I mean, it, it wasn't hard for you your first year. You didn't play anymore, like sitting at home watching guys come out of the tunnel. And It really wasn't hard for me, Anita, because I actually got injured my last year in the National Football League. And as a result, I ended up calling it a career. But, I mean, to be one of the veteran guys that they decided that they were going to bring back to be penciled in as the starter and then after week two end up getting benched and you've got to sit behind – this young kid who they drafted in the top 10 to take your job. I mean, it can't be easy for Eli Manning. There's always going to be a human element that's involved there. Um, so just you, you kind of feel for him. But this is one of those situations where he made his bed. And now he's got to sleep, sleep in it. Anita. Now, I, you know, I don't normally do this. I don't do well when I played. Uh, but I'm going to do it now because I'm going to share with you. Like, Go ahead. Um, so, I, so folks who are listening might not be aware. I played women's professional football for five years and um, <laughs> a slew of injuries to prove it. Um, my first year that I stopped playing, I couldn't watch NFL football. Like I literally, I literally would watch and I would cry because I missed it. I'm starting to get emotional right now. Like I miss my girls. Uh-huh. I miss my, I miss my team. I miss, yeah. I miss the camaraderie. I miss the friendship. I miss going to battle every, well, we played on Saturdays. Sure. Um, I miss going to battle every Saturday with my girls. Like, I miss I missed it a lot, like to the point where I couldn't even watch NFL football because I would cry. Yeah, there's nothing quite like being a part of a team no. sport and then Look, I'm sacrifice- starting to get emotional right well, now. Well, I mean you're sacrificing yourself for something that's greater than you. And that I mean it's an awesome feeling to be committed to a group of individuals in that way. I mean, there are not a lot of walks in life where people get an opportunity to experience that. So I get it. Like that's that's what you miss. Like when you talk to most guys uh, that have had a long career, the thing that they miss the most is the locker room. It ain't coming out of the tunnel on Sunday, even though that's pretty close. It's not about all of the wins, playoff appearances, cha- competing for championships. It's about just being in the locker room with the guys. And, and just to share a personal story really quick, and I don't mean to get off on a tangent, but just just to kind of put things in perspective for people out there who've maybe never played organized sports. So again, I, I played for five years, and as you know, I live here in New York. A lot of people who listen to my weekend shows know Mama Mimi. Uh, I got a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, my mom was walking her dogs, um, not wisely, uh, in slippers. Tripped and fell, and Mama Mimi broke her arm in three places and was calling me on the phone at 3 o'clock in the morning crying. I'm here in New York. What can I do? I can't do anything. Yeah. First person I called, my offensive lineman, Haas. Haas, what yeah. can I do, Nita? My mom. I'm I'm on my way. Hadn't hadn't spoken to her in maybe a year and a half, um, but called her and she got her car, went, took my mom to emergency room, and um, and took really great care of my mom. Wow. So I so I could go down there. And, and again, I just share the story just to, just uh, this is this is the type of camaraderie. This yes. is the type of relationships. This is the type of bonding that is created when you play organized sports. And I yep. can't stress it enough for guys out there, women and men who are listening to the show right now. You've got you've got a girl just because you have a boy. You've got a, a girl 
make sure she plays organized sports. Like I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't have the friends I have today, Chris, mm-hmm. if I didn't play organized sports. Yeah, most of my friends Anita are related to my time in football, and yep. college, and pro. Yep. I mean those those are lifelong relationships. I mean you have that that shared experience, so there is going to be that bond because it does get tough out there. Every team sees adversity, mm-hmm. and the closeness of the team, the closeness of those relationships is what determines the ultimate outcome. And too often this decade, this Giants team has been fractured. The first sign of adversity, this team is not able to do enough to come together and then try to go out there and get a different result. And so, yeah, there's not a lot of breaking down this Monday Night Football game just because I don't think the Giants have much of a chance. Even though the Eagles aren't playing well, it's still a better team from a talent standpoint. So just looking at it and then throwing Eli Manning back in the mix after the offense has been under Daniel Jones the last 10 games, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a functional offense. I don't know if it's going to be a competent team that's out there for Big Blue. But the one thing I will say is the Giants have to figure it out. And I think this season is going to force them to look at the harsh reality of where this regime is with their particular program. And everybody has to evaluate it and say, this is not good enough. Just to bring it full circle and back to the Giants, Eli Manning talking to the media this week, Chris, in regard to uh, adjusting to life as the backup, which, of course, we know he will be the starter on Monday night. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's not, you know, uh, it, it is difficult, you know, especially when, you, when you've been, uh, been the starter for so long and, and you're not really uh, accustomed to, uh, you know, preparing, preparing, and, and not you know, not uh, putting it to use in, in that sense, and and so, um, but you know, I think um, you know, just having a lot of experience and, and you know, knowing the offense and and knowing I could you know pop in there and be ready to go at any time. So he he does get he what? No, knowing the offense is one thing. Operating the offense in real time against another NFL team. Where, where they don't have cards drawn up on where they're supposed to go, mm-hmm. that's a different thing, Anita. Here's the thing, and and, and really quick, uh, Evan Ingram has been ruled out. I, I thought for a minute going in it did sound optimistic because Evan Ingram was practicing this week, but that's not the case. He's been ruled out, so not a full arsenal as I was anticipating, but Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, this will be the first game that Eli Manning's playing with Golden Tate. Eli Manning was benched before Golden Tate was able to come back off, off suspension. Yep. Um, Tyden Smith has actually been performing quite well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the Giants win on Monday night. Okay, I don't. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I could see Eli Manning. I could see this team playing from behind and Eli Manning tossing 250 yards in, in two, maybe three touchdowns in this game. Well, the Eagles' secondary hasn't been good. We knew they weren't going to be very good coming into this season, and somehow they've underwhelmed even with that relatively low expectation. But, I mean, it, the one thing that I think will make it tough for Eli Manning even though he will have a veteran player in Golden Tate that's available to him, it's just the limited amount of reps that they have together. Like That's the one thing that you worry about. Because, I mean, it's been Daniel Jones getting all those first-team reps in practice with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard and all of those guys. When you have the full cast of characters, it's Dan Jones getting those reps, not Eli Manning. So I don't, I don't know how much this week has done in terms of being able to figure that out and then go out there and compete at a high level. Like going up against other NFL teams at regular season game tempo. It's a different thing than what you're doing this time of year in practice. So I just it's 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 tough to know what to expect from from this uh this combination, Eli Manning and Golden Tate. I just I don't have I don't have high expectations for what I'm gonna see on Monday night. I just don't. So, uh, Chris, when we come back, I do want to dive into, uh, because, you know, win or lose, this, this game really doesn't matter for the Giants. Uh, we know they're not going to the postseason. Uh, I, and I don't, and truth be told, I don't think it matters for Pat Shermer either. I think well, it's, well, that's, that's, uh, that's what, that's what I want to get into. Uh, we've, we've got some sound from Steve Tisch, who spoke to the media this week and not very happy, uh, in regard to, uh, the, the coaching situation and said that after the season, him and John Mayer are going to sit down and they're going to discuss what, uh, the future might hold, not only for Pat Shermer, but as we know, Ron Rivera was fired this week from the Carolina Panthers. He's got a good rapport and relationship with Dave Gettleman. And the Dallas Cowboys losing on Thursday night. There's a lot of talk and speculation that Jason Garrett is going to get fired from the Dallas Cowboys. And th- those could be two coaches that Mara and Tish would be interested in more so than Pat Shermer. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah. I feel like I'm coaching for my job every day. Um, that's just, that's the way, that's the way we function. Uh, as players, you're playing for your job, and you're coaching for your job every day. 
And we understand this is a results business, and the, the ultimate result is winning games. And along the way, uh, doing the things necessary to win a game and then consistently win. And then you know, that's, that's just the reality of it. That is uh, Pat Shermer talking about coaching, coaching for your job, coaching for your job. By the way, this portion of New York Game Day uh, brought to you by Key Food, Urban Meadow, proud to be the official salty snack of New York Game Day. From the meadows to your urban lifestyle, Urban Meadow. So you just heard from Pat Shermer, you know, a few weeks ago, well, actually more than a few weeks ago, when they decided to go to, to Daniel Jones, you and I had the discussion on the show, like, is this decision more than just we need to get Daniel's feet wet? Is this more of a decision for Pat Shermer to be like, hey, I was working with a rookie quarterback. This year's a free pass for me. Uh, your thoughts on how this this season has progressed for Pat Shermer, and do you feel that he's going to be gone after this season? Well, I always felt like there was going to be pressure on Pat Shermer coming into this season to win. Um, you know, we have Jordan Renan on Humpty Candy with Dave Rothenberg every single week, and, and one of the things that Jordan says is it matters in terms of wins and losses for Pat Shermer in year two. I mean, you, you saw the 5-11 and 11 last year, and you want to give him a pass. It started out 1-7, and seven and they were able to win four uh, in the second half of the season, but they were playing against some teams that were struggling, backup quarterbacks, etc. So I just I wanted to see whether or not the second half of the 2018 season was the team actually getting acclimated to Pat Shermer's systems and finally starting to figure things out versus playing against inferior competition. And based on how this team has started this year and then seeing some ugly losses at home, against the Arizona Cardinals, at home essentially against the New York Jets, and then a loss to the Detroit Lions in between that. Uh, Anita, it's hard for me to be dismissive of those losses because those are teams from a talent standpoint that are relatively evenly matched with the Giants. And the fact that you came up short in all three of those instances, I think that's that's the part of it where you'd like to see a coach in year two be able to find his way on the winning side of it. Pat Sherman just hadn't been able to do that. And so, yeah, I just... I think you have to start by holding the coach accountable, but it might not stop there between Steve Tisch and John Mara and what they're planning on doing this offseason. Also, keep in mind, let's rewind to the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, okay? And Steve Tisch really wasn't on board. He had to be sold that this offense would just be, be just as productive without Odell Beckham Jr. And Pat Shermer was very aggressive in that, in, in constructing a PowerPoint pl- presentation for the ownership to show them that the last few games of last year's season, that this team was able to put points on the board without Odell, Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. Now, we've seen the poop show that is going on with Cleveland. And now, uh, you know, there's speculation he won't be with, with the Browns any longer. But back to the Giants, um, that onus is on Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer did not fight to keep Odell Beckham Jr. here. And I, I don't, I don't think Steve Tisch, um, is thrilled with the way that the season went. And, 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 and I wouldn't, and I would imagine thinking maybe, maybe it was a wrong decision for us. I mean, Gerald Preppers was just put on IR because of a back issue. That trade didn't bode well for them. Um, the, the, the team didn't get better by, by, uh, the talent that was exchanged because of Odell Beckham Jr. I want to play a clip for you. This is Steve Tisch uh, talking to uh, the media about the conversation that him and John Mayer are going to have to have in the offseason. At the end of the season, John Mayer and I, you know, are going to obviously get together and really discuss the future. And it's going to be, you know, a series of conversations. But, you know, as partners, we, you know, have to be very honest with each other about where we see this team going into the 2020 season. So, again, it's not just a disappointing season for the coaching staff for the Giants, but and and I don't I don't have any proof of this, but I would imagine Chris that they are second guessing the trade that went down with Odell Beckham Jr. and the fact that Pat Shermer was very aggressive in helping that make make that happen. Well, you know they have to second guess it, Anita. Anytime you don't get the results that you're looking for, you have to go back and evaluate the road that brought you to this particular point for Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman. I think it was what they did a couple of off-seasons ago when they decided that they were going to retool, not rebuild, and they were going to have Eli Manning in the middle of this and they were going to try to be competitive. I think that was the mistake that the Giants made, not being able to accurately evaluate what the 2018 Giants could potentially be based on what they had on their roster. They were trying to go for it. They were trying to give Eli Manning all the tools that he needed to have one last playoff push, and it didn't work out. And so now, as a result, 
you're faced with the, the ramifications of the decisions that you made in that 2018 season. And then coming into this offseason, you decided to move on from Odell because the New York Giants decided that they wanted to stay with Eli Manning as opposed to turning the page and going with the younger quarterback. So even though they, da- they drafted Daniel Jones, I think they did themselves a disservice by not moving off of Eli Manning sooner because Odell Beckham Jr., a player that's a wide receiver, depending on Eli Manning to get him the ball, I don't think he believed that Eli Manning should be the quarterback for this team any longer. That's why Dave Gettleman was motivated to make the trade. And you got to say, based on what you've seen from Dexter Lawrence and Jabril Peppers and O'Shane Zimenez, the, the players that that Odell Beckham Jr. trade ultimately end up resulting in, you have to say that you don't feel good about what the Giants did. Uh, by the way, this portion of the show brought to you by Shinerbach, an American-style dark lager independently brewed in Shiner, Texas since 1909. Let's go to our phone lines. Autumn is calling in from New York City. Autumn wants to talk about the Giants. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Stage is yours. Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, back to your point, like the Giants could have beaten the Jets and they could have beaten the Cardinals. And you've got a two-time Super Bowl champion on the uh, on the bench. Throws for almost 5,000 yards last season. And you bench him because he loses to the, the Cowboys and the Bills, two possible playoff teams, like right off the bat. I mean, like I'm also looking at, like I'm I'm looking to see if the Giants are going to pick up a new quarterback in the draft this season. I really don't see why not. No, they're not going to do that. I mean, when you put a top ten pick in a quarterback, you're not you're not moving off of him. I understand that the Arizona Cardinals did that last year, moving off of Josh Rosen and drafting um, Kyler Murray, the kid out of Oklahoma. But listen. You don't want to base what your franchise is doing off a template that was from the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are one of the most dysfunctional organizations in football. Um, now, it looks like they made the right decision at the quarterback spot to support what their new head coach wants to do. But if you're the Giants, you've seen enough from Daniel Jones to justify trying to build this thing around him. All young quarterbacks are going to make some mistakes. That's just a part of the learning curve. But what you're looking for is him flashing signs, flashing the ability that 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 presents itself or lends itself to a guy being able to have success at that position. Like Daniel Jones' overall feel for the game, his ability to make certain touch throws, adequate enough arm strength to push the ball down the field, high football IQ. I mean, I've seen a lot of positive signs from Daniel Jones this year. I don't think the Giants are going to be in the quarterback market this offseason. I, I don't think so either, especially considering they drafted him six overall. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about uh, – m- egg on your face wow uh but you know everybody's gonna have that conversation because of what the cardinals did last year so uh, so here marinate in this we come back because here's one thing that really concerns me with daniel jones and and i'd love to hear your reaction to this and that is pocket awareness and you know i'm good friends with michael lombardi I, i love one of the phrases he uses and it's called the crib factor what does that mean? You're born with it. It's innate. You can't learn it. You can't teach it. It's just you're born with that sense of pocket awareness. I, I don't think I saw anyone as good as Dan Marino with pocket awareness, right? Like it was just one step for Dan. Tom Brady's pretty good too. Tom Brady's good. He's pretty so good. I just don't know if that's something that you could teach Daniel Jones. So I, I do want to dive into that with you. And also, uh, let's, let's talk about, you know, the future at the coaching position for the Giants. Again, Ron Rivera is out there and available. Um, chances are that Jason Garrett, I don't think the Dallas Cowboys make it to the postseason. I think they lose to the Philadelphia Eagles on December 22nd, which is going to be a playoff game. And I don't think they make it. I think Jason Garrett is out. So, And one of the things that we've talked about on the show is the late hiring, the time-wise that they were able to hire Pat Shermer and he got a late start and picking his coaching staff, which I think has been uber detrimental to his tenure here in New York. So I want to dive into all that. Ben, hang tight. I see you. You want to chime in. You want to talk about the Giants. Who would you like to see them go after as uh, a possible next head coach? Um, are you sold on Daniel Jones? A lot of great quarterbacks coming out in this year's NFL draft. Would you like to see them just uh, just take one on the chin and say, okay, uh, swing and miss, but we've got some great opportunities for a real stud uh quarterback to uh, to go after this year, especially since more than likely the Giants are going to be drafting in the top five, top three, possibly. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. 
know, again, just try to, you know, try to take it, you know, as I said, just take it one game at a time. And, and uh, you know, you never want to try to make make decisions about your future uh, while you're still kind of living living in, in the in the present and, and don't know uh, the circumstances of what could happen. So, um, you know, just gotta, uh, you know, go out there and. Uh, you know, try to get a win for the Giants, and if if I'm if I'm asked to do that, and and um, you know, I'll, I'll uh, analyze everything else after the season. Eli Manning, I heard from Victor Cruz this week, and and you played with Eli. You know, yep. he he loves being a Giant. He loves it here. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful family. They live in the suburbs now. When I first moved here, Eli was my neighbor. He was an Oboken. Yeah, mm-hmm. he um he has a, he has a King Charles. Do you know what King Charles dogs are? No. Well, he had so he had King Charles. I had rat terriers, and I had two girls, and my girls loved his his boy. Uh-huh. And so and so it'd be like it'd be like ten o'clock at night. This is what I love about Eli Manning. Ten o'clock at night, Eli's out walking his King Charles, and I'm walking my two uh, dogs that you know were looking to. Um, <laughs> okay, all right, we got it, we got it. You set the stage. We understand. And I, I'd get so embarrassed. They <laughs> they would like they'd beeline for for Eli's dog. And uh, I, I'd say, Eli, I'm so sorry. He's like, it's okay, it's okay, you know. That's funny. <laughs> so, That's but, funny. But anyway, the point of my story is, he loves it here. He's mm-hmm. set. So, you know, I, I, oft, I often wonder, like, what's Eli's future? Is he going to retire after this season? Is he cool being a backup? Or does he want to go somewhere else and, and, and start for a year or, or more? Well, here's the thing, Anita. I mean, you, you have to have a willing party that's – signing up for Eli Manning coming in to be more than just a bridge quarterback. And I don't think that 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 team is out there in the National Football League. Everybody recognizes that he's at the end of it. I think Eli Manning, if he were to go to another team, will be in the same situation that he came in the 2019 with. A young quarterback that a team is trying to groom and at some point knowing that you are going to be replaced as a starting quarterback. And if you're Eli Manning, do you really want to get treated like that by another franchise after the team that you spent your entire career with treated you that way and after the fan base clamored for it. Like, I just don't think that that's, I don't think that's the way that I would want to go out. So I have a hard time thinking that that's what Eli Manning would want to do. I think after this season, he's done playing football. You think he's going to hang it up? Yeah. All right. Uh, so what's the future for Pat Trimmer and the fact that again, uh, Ron Rivera's out there. Chances are that Jason Garrett's out there. What do you think this organization does in regard to the uh, head coaching position, Chris? Well, I think they're going to move off of Pat Shermer, and the only question now is whether or not they should decide to move on from Dave Gettleman. Now, here's what I will say as far as Pat Shermer goes. And either the Carolina Panthers fired Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is an upgrade in coach from Pat Shermer, and it ain't even that close. So, I mean, if you're the Giants, clearly you want to get better. I think Ron Rivera being out there represents an opportunity to do that. You mentioned the prior working relationship that he had with Dave Gettleman in Carolina where they took that 2015 team to Super Bowl 50. But I, I I don't know if it'll be Ron, but I do think that the Giants have to address the coaching position. You've got to move on from Pat Shermer, Anita, because 7-21 and 21 just isn't good enough. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Ed in Brooklyn. Ed, you're up. Hey, guys. I, I, I've been dying to get on the radio to talk to you guys about this. We need quick solutions especially on the defensive side, especially when the, when, when the Jackrabbit is talking about why don't you put me on this position to help out the team. And the, and the actual coaching staff is, is getting balled up about it. I just don't understand. Why not replace the defensive coach that hasn't really done anything all year, hasn't really produced anything? So what is your take or what is your quick solution to fixing the defense at least for the next couple of games? I don't think there is a quick solution. Right now you're going to be looking at the talent that you have on the defensive side of the ball. And coming into this year, this was a stacked deck against James Betcher. This was never going to be a really good defense. I mean, Marcus Golden is the only pass rusher, and he was a long shot. He was he was one of those moves that you made and needed just to see if the guy has anything left in the tank. Dave Gettleman essentially kicked the tires on a castaway from Arizona who had some familiarity with James Betcher. So you didn't have any elite edge rushers. You didn't have any premium pressure players outside of Jackrabbit being your number one corner. This was going to be a defense that struggled the entire year, Anita. All four of your linebackers, in my opinion, are on replacement level. And now you've got uh, Jabril Peppers, who is placed on IR. Exactly. So now you're talking about being at a deficit with your strong safety position with young quarterbacks. 
Let's go to. Uh, it's not going to be. A, it's not a good recipe for success, right, no. Anita? No, but I mean, prior to the season, we, we when Eli Manning was the starter, we sat here and we talked about you know what 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 was going to be the uh, the the over under in regard to games won, and I said under because the defense is horrible. The defense is two three years away. Um, it's just horrible. Which, by the way, uh, really quick, uh, the Giants getting nine and a half. The over under is at forty five. I love the over in this game. Um, I like it a lot, a lot, a lot. Okay. A lot, a lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. Let's go to Eddie in Rockaway. Eddie, you're up. Hey, Anita, Chris, what's happening? Anita, when I win the contest next week, besides the chicken, can you bring a bottle of Hennessy also? Um, yeah, I'll get the Hennessy from, uh, from Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the wino. Chris is, Chris is the brown liquor cat. Oh, all right. But I'll, I'll make sure I'll grab a bottle of Hennessy from hey by the way really quick eddie hold on one second don't go anywhere um i was watching sterling shepherd he posted a video on uh on on social media about a, a special bottle of hennessy like they only made like a few of them do you know what i'm talking about i have no idea okay check, i'm not a hennessy drinker so. check check it i thought you were no no i'm a, your... I'm a bourbon bourbon whiskey oh guy. oh i'm sorry yeah. all right eddie it has to be bourbon dude sorry um eddie what's your what's your comment on pat Shermer? Uh, basically, you know what it, it, he has the tools and he doesn't know how to use them. There's no reason why Wayne Gallman should get a few plays. There's no reason why Elijah Penny shouldn't get a few plays of power running. There's no reason why Barkley shouldn't be being run on the outside in the screen. There's plays to be had there, and he doesn't know how to execute it. He's not a good uh, play schemer. I said in the beginning of the year, the best coach in that building is uh, – is the guy for the XFL, uh, what's his name, the old uh, Kevin Gilbride. offense? Kevin Gilbride, right. And it's coming true. And uh, I'll say it again. Uh, they have to get offensive coordinator here to run the show, and it would be Gary Kubiak for me. I don't know if Gary Kubiak is interested in being a head coach anymore. He did have some some health concerns, and it's a lot, man. I think he's I think he's content just being up in the booth for the Minnesota Vikings. I, I mean, just just so just so folks understand, like head coach he, as a head coach, you're home like maybe three hours a day. Like, oh yeah, head coaches, it's what fourteen fourteen yeah, hour days. You're at the facility at three a.m. Especially if you want to stay healthy, you're at the facility at three because you you you, you want to get a workout in at some point in time. Um, and you're watching film. It's all about the guy. Like you, so you don't leave the facility until midnight, and then you come back at three a.m. And that's seven days a week. And you got to remember, some coaches they stay the night. They don't. Mm-hmm. They don't go home. Yeah. Like when they're game planning early on in the week, Monday night, Tuesday night, they stay at the facility. Let's go to Joe. Joe, welcome in. Uh, good morning. I just had a, a question about. Uh, well, the reason why you, you shouldn't necessarily keep a Shermer and Gettleman, it seems sort of ironic for Gettleman that he traded with the Jets this year, but if he was, uh, given the opportunity that they supposedly are rumored to have had to get the Jets picks for the number two pick last year, he would have been much better off off this year, also uh, considering what the the Colts got got for from the Jets and some of the players they drafted on defense. And Are you talking about you talking about moving up back in twenty eighteen? Uh, uh, yes, uh, when the uh, Jets want to move up and get and get uh, Sam Sam Donald. Yeah, from an organizational standpoint, that was never going to happen, Joe. It just wasn't. Like the Giants, the Giants weren't going to do the Jets a solid and put them in position to draft their franchise quarterback. Just wasn't going to happen. No, but I, I will say this: one of the biggest knocks on Jerry Reese is that uh, he just he ref, he just we refused to wheel and deal, and yeah. and other general managers at least. Dave well, Dave Gettleman did do some wheeling and dealing yeah. during draft day. He did move back into the first yeah. round and had a third first round draft pick in DeAndre Baker. Now it doesn't look great right now, but I mean, cornerback. Is one of those positions where it takes a couple of years to figure out whether or not the guy can play in the NFL. So I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say that DeAndre Baker is a bust already. I don't want to label him that way. I just recognize it's always tough for young quarters coming into the NFL. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. Oh, 
No, no, not a bad team. I just think for us, we just got to go out there and, you know, it's the same, you know, whenever we lose, guys, it's really the same story. It's just we got to execute. We got to do everything in our power to make sure that, you know, we're going down the field. We're having really good drives. We're sustaining, you know, we're getting in third and manageables. You know, we're converting first or third downs, putting ourselves in good positions to win football games. It's really as simple as that. And when, when you don't convert third downs and when you're not getting good field position, we're not putting our defense in a great spot when we're putting the ball backed up and we're giving the Bengals a good chance to drive the ball down the field and score touchdowns. It, it's, it wasn't good football on Sunday. You know, we just got to be better. That is uh, Sam Darnold on the Michael K Show uh, talking about uh – their season so far and their yep. loss to the Cincinnati Bengals, 22-6. to six. Um, don't that, that loss has to be an indictment on Adam Gase, doesn't it, Anita? I think so. But After winning three straight games, there's no business that the Jets had going on the road and losing in Cincinnati. Yeah, but keep in mind, you know, they made the switch to Andy Dalton. Different film, different tape. Andy Dalton hadn't played in a long time. Uh, and I'm not making. Ain't like you can't find film of Andy Dalton playing just, in this game. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. It's just. I, I'm. I, and you're right. I'm not making excuses for Adam Gase by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But we just heard from Sam Darnold, and guess what? He's going to be at the Michael K. Holiday Party on Friday, December 13th. They'll be at Buffalo Wild Wings on Route 46 at the Willowbrook Mall in Wayne, New Jersey. The show kicks off at 3 o'clock. Everybody is welcome. Join the guys this year. Uh, the hit band, American Authors, and like I said, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold will be there. Show your generosity. Donate a toy that will be going to tackle kids' cancer for children in need. They'll have plenty of giveaways throughout the show, including an 18-piece Italian suit. Wow, from Caraco Suits. That's nice. And Michael K., the holiday party brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer, Caraco Suits, home of the 18-piece suit package. You're going to need a bigger closet. Miller Lite, PC Richard & Son. Do, 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 the company that you can trust since 1909. I tried, I tried to whistle last Honestly, week, on, yesterday on my show. I can't, you did? I can't. You can't I, whistle? I can't whistle. I don't know. It's, I know. Wow. I, I never know. knew that about you, I Anita. Know, a huge flaw. I would never peg you as the type that a doesn't huge, know how to whistle. A huge Anita Marks flaw. Um, also, and you were a quarterback. What's that? I was. I yelled and cursed a lot. I didn't whistle a lot. There was... People, 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 I, I am a sailor, you know, and, and I, I've been, I've been, I've been hosting sports talk radio since 1998 and I've never, that's a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. Um, and I've never, I started with Stu Gatz in Miami. Stu Gatz and I had a show. I was known as the ultimate sports chick. It was a play off the fabulous sports babe out of Tampa. Ah, nice. I yeah. like it. So, uh, so long I've known Stu Gatz. Um, I, <laughs> I, I convinced Stu Gatz was going to get out of the business. Really? Yes. And okay. I convinced him. I was like, Stugat, I said, John, you can't. This, yeah. is, this is so fun. Yeah. I was playing women's professional football at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were doing morning drive together. And I told Stugat, I said, you, I said, this is too much fun. This doesn't work. This is too much fun. What do you, what do you mean? What are you doing? You're going to go actually get her. He was, investment, he was an investment consultant. Okay. And so, and by the way, Hank Goldberg gave John, his name is John Wiener. Mm-hmm. And Hank Goldberg gave him his nickname because at that point in time, Sopranos was like the show and Stugat. And so, anyway. Uh, nice. I, I derailed. Look at uh, that. I like that though, Anita. That, <laughs> back, back to back to the Michael K. Show and his holiday party. Brought to you by the Roosevelts. Uh, that's r s v l t s dot com. Like Teddy, not the vowels. All right. Um, let's talk about the Jets again. Five and a half. They are favored over over under forty five and a half. Um, should they be favored against no, the Dolphins, Anita? No, no I don't. I think, <laughs> should I think, they be favored? <laughs> I think Dolphins went outright. I like the money line, by the way. Yeah. Um, They've no, lost the no last Levy, four against the Dolphins. No Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, no Jamal Adams. Five and a half. I mean, hold on. You talk about this matchup. I'm gonna, I'm gonna research. The no, money here's line. the thing. I just, I, I mean, the fact that the Dolphins have beaten them six out of the last seven times. These two teams have faced off. I mean, the Jets, the Jets have to be. At least a little embarrassed that they were the team that the Dolphins got healthy against. But I mean, that Miami Dolphins group on offense under Ryan Fitzpatrick, they just lit the Eagles up for 37 points last Sunday. So I mean, it's not like they can't score points. And with the Jets being shorthanded on the back end of that defense, you got to think that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to try to throw the ball all over the yard. And you know, he would love nothing better than to come up here and to beat the Jets in front of all the Jets fans. So I, I just, I worry about this game, Anita, because this is another one of those games that you should win based on the talent that the two teams have. But I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence. As a matter of fact, I could say I probably have more confidence in the Dolphins head coach Brian Flores than I do in the Dolphins coach Adam. I mean, in the Jets coach Adam Gase. Yeah, I mean, these, the the Dolphin players on roster, roster to roster, 
Jets have more talent. But yes. effort wise, coming in, they play hard, playing hard. It's it's really. I, I, I listen. I think I think the Dolphins got their guy. No, I think the Dolphins I think so absolutely got their guy. Yeah, and, and here's another thing. He's coming home. He's from here. You don't think he wants to win here? Yeah, he's from Brooklyn. This, yeah. yeah, he's from Brooklyn. He wants to win here at the stadium. No, he absolutely wants to win. But I mean, just in terms of what he's working with and how competitive this team is. I mean, they go out there and they fight Anita, and they know most of the time they're going to lose just because they don't have talent. The organization sent the message. They traded Laramie Tunzel. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick. This was going to be a rebuild, and they basically gut the franchise. They were trying to undo everything that Adam Gase had done down there the prior three years. This organization was coming in and saying, you know what? We don't want to win football games. But Anita, in this era of tanking, organizations tank, but players don't tank. And it's clear that Brian Flores has to respect all those players in the locker room by how hard they go out and play each and every week, even though they know they're probably going to end up on the losing side of things. Yeah. Um, really, really. Maybe that's attributed to the character of your head coach. Really, really unbelievable. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. These are... Anita's Locks of the Week. And we're not talking about her long blonde hair. No, we certainly are not. Here we go. Locks of the Week. I love the Ravens. And I'm playing them every way. Every way. Sideways, front ways, back ways. I am playing them. I've got the Ravens in the first quarter. I got the Ravens. I got the Ravens up in the first quarter. Okay, they're they're minus a half. So I got them up in the first quarter. I got okay. them, I got them at the half minus three and a half, and I got them at the end of the game minus six. And and this is why nobody can stop this offense. They're averaging thirty three points a game. It's going to be thirty windy. It's 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 going to be thirty degrees, windy conditions, twenty five mile per hour wind. They're going to have to run the football. Lamar Jackson put up a hundred rushing yards against an even better defense than the San Francisco 49ers last week. He's going to be able to run all over the Buffalo Bills. Their rush defense ranks twenty six in the NFL. The Ravens haven't allowed, for Josh Allen on the opposite side, the Ravens' defense have not allowed a quarterback to rush for more than 27 yards, and that includes Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. And ever since this Ravens team traded for Marcus Peters, they have not allowed an opponent to put up more than 20 points. And here's another one. This is why I love betting on them early in the first quarter in the first half. Mm. The last six games, the Ravens have outscored their opponent by the third quarter. 219 to 79. What happens is Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson, they punch you in the face and then it takes a minute for defenses to kind of get their grounding and understand how to play defense against this offense. And by then, you're not playing catch up. Game over, dude. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Do you get this? You'll love this, Chris. In the Rams game, Ravens went up 28 nothing at the half. Do you know that their defense only played three plays in the third quarter? Yes. Three plays. I was aware in of that. the third quarter. Yep. Dude. You are like, I don't like, you're, you're, you've already taken two showers since. It's just been waiting for your opportunity to come back onto the football field. It's just unbelievable. Yep. So I'm all over the Ravens today, especially weather conditions, I think, uh, favor the Ravens. Yeah. Now, I, you know, I'm right there with you. I believe in the Baltimore Ravens. They can run the football and Buffalo's defense. The one place they can get got is in the run game. They're giving up 4.5 yards a carry, which is 21st in the National Football League. So. The Ravens, that's going to play right into their hands, ball control offense. Now, just to look at this from the other side, we had R.J. Bell on Humpty Candy with Rothenberg on Friday, and R.J. said, we'll take the opposite position if the Ravens weren't on the road, add six points if they were at home. You're talking about them being a double-digit favorite against the Buffalo Bills. Now, that would seem a little rich because the Bills are a good team. I think they'll be in the playoffs, but... That being said, you just look at the the style of play for the Baltimore Ravens, knowing that they limit opposing offenses, their possessions. You're not talking about a dynamic offense in the Buffalo Bills anyway. So I think it's going to be hard for that Bills offense to match points and productivity with the Ravens. So that's why I like Baltimore. I got it at five and a half on Friday, Anita. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. listen, one thing I do, I, I always look forward, like for example, we'll do this in a, when, when we're done with locks, but I always like to look forward to the next week's lines. And I actually have week 15 lines here. So we'll dive into that for a second when we're done here. Another game I like, and I'm really curious how you feel about this, one. I've been saying this for weeks now. The Patriots, pretenders, not contenders, the last five games, they finally started playing legit teams, legit opponents. 
24th in yards per play on offense, 26th in TD rate on offense. They can't run the football. Sonny Michelle has not found the end zone since week seven. Brady's having issues with his wide receiver. The only one he really trusts is Edelman. Brady it ranks 34th, not even 32, 34th in QB percentage, completion percentage, Chris, when under pressure. And this Kansas City defense, each and every week, they get better and better. They're peaking right now. They're getting after the quarterback. The last two games, they've got six interceptions. And on the opposite side for the Patriots, we see they can't stop a mobile quarterback. They lost to Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. They lost to Deshaun Watson and the Texans. And in my opinion, they should have lost to the Buffalo Bills the first go around with Josh Allen. If, jo- I, think, if I feel if Josh Allen would, would not have been taken out of the game in the fourth quarter, they had four turnovers that game, the Buffalo Bills did. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills should have won. So I love Kansas City plus three. Money might be flowing in on the Patriots. Maybe we see the hook before kickoff. Maybe it goes up to three and a half. And you know what? I'm going to take them on the money line, plus 144. <laughs> Why not? I think they went out right. I hear you on that one. I, I will say this. I think, first of all, the Patriots offensively, you have to be a little bit concerned about where they're at, right? You just have to. And then now they've got some moving parts on their offensive line. Ted Karras, their center, he's he's out. So I think they're starting James Ferentz today at center. So that's their third center for this season. I, I just it hasn't looked good because teams have figured out if you double team Julian Edelman, those other Patriots receivers aren't going to be in a position to beat you. And I think that's the biggest struggle for Tom Brady. And you're starting to see the frustration now, whether it's at Jacoby Myers or Nikhil Harry, all of those young receivers for the Patriots. Those guys have yet to figure it out. And when you take away number 11, there's no place for Tom Brady to go with the football in the passing game. So, all right. Well, all right. So we're we're both on the same page here? No, we're not on the same page because I'm still going with the Patriots. <laughs> A football team is not just one phase. It's all three phases. Defense and special teams are elite for the Patriots. Hell, Anita, you don't even know who their kicker's going to be today. But guess what? You still give the edge to the Patriots in the kicking game. I'm Say not, I'm a liar. You're a liar. I'm a liar. You I'm wouldn't not. give, you wouldn't give them the edge in no, special teams. I think teams. they go for two. I, th- I don't, I don't, I think they go for two today. Okay, if, so if they're, if they're in that situation, I think more times than not, they don't kick a field goal. I think they go for two. Okay, so do you think that makes the Patriots more dangerous or less dangerous? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, yeah. when, you're, when you're going for two as opposed to one, yeah, it makes it more dangerous. It but... makes it more dangerous, but not just with the field goals and extra points in it. you got to look at when the Patriots get the ball in plus territory, does that then become four-down territory for Bill Belichick, knowing that he doesn't want to settle for a long field goal? Yes, it does, but I, I really, truly believe that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to put up points on this on this uh, Patriots team, and, and I think Tom Brady is in for a long day. I really do believe that. Uh, my third and final, well, actually, I'm kind of tied with two picks here. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers minus two, and I like the Titans minus three. But I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? It's their defense. Granted, this isn't your granddaddy steel curtain, but they're still damn good. Second best in QB pressure rate the last four games. Opponents are only scoring on 17% of their offensive possessions the last four games. T.J. Watt is coming off of an unbelievable month. He won AFC Defensive Player of the Month in November. No running back has rushed for 100 yards against this defense, mind you. And that's what the Cardinals do. They they they. Have have to run the football and Murray has not been great this uh, Arizona Cardinals team they've lost five straight and you could say well Hodges at the quarterback position here's the thing they're not making him win football games he's only passing the ball 20 times a game yep. so they're not making him win football games they're just asking him to manage it properly and let the defense win the football games and for Arizona league worst they're allowing two red zone touchdowns a game two mm-hmm. So I like so players I really like today for the Steelers. I love Benny Snell okay. because uh, James Conner is out. I love me some James Washington and Vance McDonald. I think scores a touchdown today for the Steelers in the red zone. And Cynthia Freeland was all over that one. She yep. had that as one of the. Well, she uh, said she likes his jawline. She likes his jawline. Yes. She just not just his matchup, but his jawline she as loves, well. She lo- well got she, it. She likes the jawline. She loves the matchup. Well, I don't think I'm gonna get into his jawline, but I'm just. <laughs> I think he does find a way to get into the end zone. And the one thing I will say about Duck Hodges, Anita, I mean, it seems like he's got some chemistry with James Washington. So when you got yes. one, so when you got one-on-one situations, he's not afraid to let it rip down the field. And I think they'll be, they'll be, uh, they'll be specific in terms of the times where they want to take shots. But this Steelers defense is creating field position and extra possessions. And with a young quarterback, that's exactly what you want to do. I think this Steelers team is in playoff contention. And if you're a playoff team, you got to win this game. So I like this. This is also one of my picks this week. 
Um, and looking ahead to uh, well, before we look ahead to week fifteen, tell me so. What what's your what what is your what are your go to plays this week? What's your favorite play this well, week? Well, you already mentioned two of them. I got the Ravens minus um, laying five and a half uh, in Buffalo, and then I've got the Steelers laying the three against the Cardinals. And then I love this pick: the Seahawks in a pick 'em against the Rams. Even though it's down the road in L.A., there really is no home field advantage for the Rams in that situation. Jared Goff played a really good game last week in Arizona. I don't think he duplicates that. I don't think we see good Jared Goff in back to back weeks especially without the balance of the running game. So I like the Seahawks to get the win in the division on the road. Plus, they've got a razor-thin margin of error with the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. they got to get this win. Yeah, more motivation for them. I like that. Uh, looking ahead to the Week 15 lines here on our own backyard, the Jets getting 14 against the Ravens. Talk about a poop show. That's going to be a poop show. The Giants minus 3.5 against the Miami Dolphins. So um, <laughs> plus four, Jets plus 14. Against the Ravens. It's a lot of points, dude. Um, in and around the NFL, teams that are vying for a position mm-hmm. to make it into the postseason, the Tennessee Titans minus one and a half against the Texans. Yep. Seattle minus four against Carolina. The Eagles minus six at Washington. The Vikings minus three against the Chargers. The Rams plus three against Dallas. You have the Rams winning. Heck, take the points, buddy. Mm. And the Bills minus one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So out of those week 15 lines, is there one that jumps out to you that you really like besides the Rams getting three since you already have them winning outright? Um... No, I think that's the one that I would probably roll with. Yeah, that's the one. I like the Rams getting three in Dallas. I just don't think the Dallas Cowboys are a very good team, and the noise is only going to get louder around Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones. Did you hear that Jerry Jones interview he did on Friday? Um, no, Oof. because no, because he got kicked off the radio Oof. station for using potty language. Yeah, he, he was getting after it a little bit, a little testy. I don't think that situation gets any better, Anita. Not no. this year. No, I don't think so. And, and really quick, uh, before we take a break, we'll come back and I'll, I'll bring you up to speed on some news and notes, some players out there that we're expecting to play, those that are not expected to play today. And we've got a full bank of calls, a lot of people wanting fantasy help. Why, Chris? It's 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 playoffs now. I, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, win and you advance. This is for the money. This is for the money. Right? Win in advance, lose, and you're, you're going fishing with the boys on TNT. So 800-919-3776. We'll get to your calls in this next segment, I promise. But here's the very interesting conversation when it comes to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones, I'm sure, is very disappointed in Jason Garrett and this coaching staff. But Jason Garrett and this coaching staff allowed Jerry Jones to be Jerry Jones and have him do his radio interviews and have him call out coaches and have him do this and have it. He goes out and he brings in a Ron Rivera. He goes out and he brings in a coach that you would expect to be better there might be some stipulations in regard to how Jerry Jones can, I hate to use the word behave, but that's really what we're talking about. And so what matters more to Jerry Jones? The fact that he's got, he's got a, a coach that he's got underneath his thumb that he can do anything with, to, around, or not having that control and actually bringing in a coach that would help this Dallas Cowboys team win. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> oh, Chris, Chris and I are sitting here in studio and I just looked down and I said, oh, I have a little, I, I burned my hand. I've got like a little bubble, like a, a burnt bubble on my I'm, I'm, I'm no get to the highlight let's well, get to the highlight well, i'm setting I, it up chris i'm, setting <laughs> it up. I'm th- saying to myself how did i burn myself i said that's not a, that's not attractive that's not, not a good look looks like a blister it's pretty gross and chris says <laughs> how, how did you do it i said i must have burnt it in the oven and you using the oven <laughs> Chris goes, who, who are you cooking for <laughs> It's a toaster oven, Yeah, silly. I'm about to say, you're trying to set a man trap. It's a toaster I know, oven. I know you ain't at the oven for yourself. No, toaster <laughs> oven, toaster oven. Man, right. no, nobody spends more money on delivery.com, seamless.com. <laughs> DoorDash. Grub, DoorDash, Grubhub. Uber Eats. I, all of it. All I, of yeah, it. Yeah, that's, that's how I roll. That's how I roll. Uh, by the way, this portion of game day. Brought to you by Key Food. Urban Meadows is proud to be the official salty snack of New York game day. From the meadows to your urban lifestyle, Urban Meadow. All right, Chris, uh, really quick, a few things. We've got a number of people who need help, desperate need of help. Um, let's- and we're here for the people, Anita. That's what we do. We're, <laughs> we are we're, here. A show, we're a show for the people. We are here for the people. Um, here you go. Some news and notes. Come on. Here we go. Uh, ooh, report 
Wait a minute. Who's reporting this? Uh, report, Ian Rappaport reports that the Cowboys and the Cowboys and coach Jason Garrett are headed to a divorce after the season. Ian Rappaport. Yeah, no. I, I didn't need Ian Rappaport to tell me that. Well, based, you on, and I were... based on what I saw on Thursday night and what I heard from Jerry Jones on Friday morning, I mean, that ain't hard to figure out. I, I, I understand, but you and I were just talking about it, and you had a chance to marinate in the in, in the break. Jerry Jones loves the fact that he can be Jerry Jones, and Jason Garrett lets him be he, – he brings in another head coach. Chances are the head coach is not going to um, want to coach with the Jerry Jones antics. I understand exactly what you're saying, but Jerry Jones also wants a return on investment, Anita, and let's face it. Hate to be morbid, but Jerry Jones is in the fourth quarter, and he not, he wants nothing more than to have a winner. And, and the championships that he has, I mean, even the one that they had in '95 with Barry Switzer, that had Jimmy Johnson's fingerprints all over it. So I mean, Jerry Jones wants to prove that he can win a championship with him being the guy that buys the groceries, and I think that that's that's a legacy thing, and and more so than being able to dictate to your head coach, I think you want to find somebody that can get the most out of the players that you've already paid, the investment that you've made in some of your guys, most recently Ezekiel Elliott. When you consider the offensive line, what they're going to have to pay Amari Cooper, what they're going to have to pay Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones expects this team to compete for a championship. He's got to go out there and find him a coach to do that, because right now, based on what we've seen this year, Jason Garrett clearly is not that guy. Panthers will try to trade Cam Newton this offseason. No surprise there. Ron Rivera gone. Uh, new slate, new head coach, probably more than likely a new quarterback. Odell Beckham Jr. is playing through a, through a sports hernia. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, like, enough with Odell this season. Odell didn't do anything this year, I, though, Anita. What, exactly. Odell, what has Odell done? Exactly. 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 He hasn't, <laughs> done, it. He hasn't done anything. But he hasn't been a distraction either. It's not that he has He's not the reason that the Cleveland Browns are losing. I disagree with you. And, you disagree. And not, okay. and, and, not, and not not anything not anything off the football field. I I think I think their offensive game plans have been flawed because they know that they have to try to get Odell targets because if not he gets frustrated. And also, you're paying a wide receiver sixty million dollars, Chris. You're are you serious? Like, are you only going to target him four or five times a game? That's 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 a ridiculous um, return on your money. So I think there's a lot of onus and there's a lot of pressure on that Cleveland Browns team to try to work Odell Beckham Jr. in and get him the targets. And Baker Mayfield's been struggling. And I think everybody's just frustrated over there. Yeah, but I don't think Odell is the source of it. I just think there's a lot of other problems. I think the biggest issue in Cleveland is you hired a guy that started 2018 as a running backs coach. You hired him to be your head coach. Yeah, but you know what? That's like giving a teenager the Baker keys Mayfield to Baker Mayfield wanted him, That's no, like Chris. giving – I don't care what – what does Baker – Baker Mayfield doesn't know that. He doesn't have a full season in the NFL under his belt coming into 2019. So what the hell does he know? He doesn't I'm know anything. I'm not saying that he knows anything. I'm if just saying the organization about, listened to Baker Mayfield. Baker went in and said, Hugh Jackson's out. I want Freddie Kitchens. Well, how does that work out for the organization? Not good. No. So you hire a qualified coach, somebody that you know can do the job – they elevated Freddie Kitchens because they wanted to maintain that relationship that he had with Baker Mayfield. But the head coach is not just the coach of the quarterback. He's the coach of the entire team. And that's proven to be too much for Freddie this year. Um, Will Fuller, hamstring, not expected to play this week. So uh, that bodes well for Kenny Stills and DeAndre Hopkins. Josh Jacobs, been playing with a broken shoulder for over a month now. A true game-time decision today. Le'Veon Bell, we said earlier, he's going to miss the game due to an illness. Do you know have, have you, do you know what illness what we're talking about here? Like, do we know? I do not. Okay. Um, we know Evan Ingram is out again week 14 because of a foot. Um, and that is the latest news and notes. Really quick before we get to the calls, uh, there's some speculation. Tom Curran, who's covered the Patriots forever and a day, I know him, respect him, finger on the pulse of the team very well. He's expecting a divorce between Tom Brady and the Patriots. And the way that the contract is signed is, is set up, both of them could walk away next season. So I ask you, my friend, um, is there a landing place for one Tom Brady um, outside of New England? Um I don't think there will be. Now, if he's available and he's willing to actually go and play somewhere else, there'll be some teams that'll love to have him. But, mm-hmm. but I don't think Tom Brady is interested in playing for anybody else other than the New England Patriots. You mentioned how the contract is written up. Brady has a clause in the contract that stipulates that the Patriots can't franchise tag him. So for me, I think this is more about Tom Brady making sure that he preserves the opportunity to be able to command the kind of salary that he would want 
going into what his age 43 season. I think that's more about being able to have leverage over the organization than Tom Brady actually being willing to leave and, and not play for the New England Patriots, but play somewhere else in the National Football League. I just don't see the GOAT going out like that now. We'll see what happens. But um, I just think that the Patriots, just due to a lack of an alternative that they would look at as viable, are going to sign up to have Tom Brady be their quarterback in 2020. Let's go to the phone lines, folks that need some help with fantasy football this week, Chris. Let's go to Elliot in Long Island. Elliot, you're up. Hi. Um, with feeling out, who do I start, Mike Williams or Jameson Crowder? Um, I, the Miami Dolphins have been absolutely burned with slot receivers this season. I love Jamison Crowder today. Who was his other choice? Mike, Mike Williams. Mike Williams. He's 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 do or die in regard to court, to, to touchdown. He he doesn't get a ton of of, uh, of targets, a ton of yards. So I would go Jamison Crowder there. Agree, Chris? Completely agree. Okay. Let's go to Completely Anthony in, in Staten Island. Anthony, you're up. Go. Hey, Anita, Chris, good afternoon. How you guys doing? It's a full point PPR for my wide receiver three. I need either Cole Beasley, Sterling Shepard, Larry Fitz, or Chris Connell. I'm sorry, Beasley. Run through that one more time. Yeah, you got to go a little bit slower there, Anthony. Beasley. Okay, sorry. Beasley, Sterling Shepard, Larry Fitz, or Chris Conley. Um, I love Sterling Shepard. I think he's going to get a lot of targets on Monday night against the Philadelphia Eagles, um, and I think the the, the Giants are going to be playing from behind. Um, and I, I actually, I like. I think it's a toss up between Beasley and Conley, and the weather conditions are supposed to be really bad in Buffalo. I don't like Anthony. either matchup, Beasley or Conley. I like. Well, you like Fitz. You like you like Larry against the Steelers, and in, in no, Minka. I, I don't. I don't like that either. I don't either. But, okay. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you have to go with one of the three, I would go Conley. Okay. I, because uh, Gardner Minshew is Jacksonville, back. Jacksonville, yeah. Gardner yeah, Minshew is back at the quarterback position, and, and, and the two of them have really good chemistry. I got you. Let's go to Billy and Elizabeth. Billy, you're up. Hey, guys, before my two comments, you two together should take the, I don't know, one to four slot. There's been a, there's a void in New York radio. Everybody knows it. Down the dial. You guys could anchor this station. You're that good together. I appreciate it. Here's my comment, um, Anita. I have a bye week. And I'm looking at Kansas City's D next week. They're home. Maybe we get some bad weather against Drew Locke and the Denver's offense. What do you think? So what, you have the Kansas City Chiefs defense? I just picked them up. Yeah. I'm looking ahead. Yeah. I, and and what if the weather's not bad? Do I still go with them? They look, they're playing better. No, they're, I, I just I just said their defense is peaking at the right time. Uh, they're, uh, they're really getting pressure at the quarterback. They've got six interceptions the last two games, Billy. So yeah, yes, and with question. and with Drew and with Drew Locke at the quarterback position, yeah, I, I like that pickup. I like that pickup a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, let's go to Anthony and Wayne. Anthony, welcome. Hey guys, how you doing? Good morning. All right, so I have um, in my flex spot. Um, it's between Marquise Brown, um, Lashawn McCoy. I don't, I don't believe Marquise. I, I want to say Sal Palantonio is reporting that I don't think Marquise Brown plays today. I I, I got a thing from Bleacher Report saying that he is. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I saw it. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but if he is playing between him, McCoy and Hyde for my flex PPR league. Yeah, I would go Carlos Hyde. Here's the thing with McCoy, even though the Williams is for the Kansas city chiefs are out. Uh, Darwin Thompson is expected to get the bulk of the carries. Uh, Kansas city is trying to keep LaShawn McCoy on a pitch count. So, okay. Um, and, and Marquis, again, weather conditions in Buffalo, 25-mile-per-hour winds, Anthony. So I think both teams are going to run the football a lot. Yeah, it's going to uh, be like that San Fran game. And you could run the football a, very well against this Bills defense. They're ranked 26 against the run. So if I were you, I would go with Carlos Hyde. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN. We're supposed to be experts. So here are our NFL predictions. Anita Marks, Chris Canty, and you. We've got about eight minutes left in the show. I uh, also want to remind you, following us, don't go anywhere, especially all you Jets fans out there. Jets pregame show kicks off with Dan Grassa and Greg Buttle right here on 98.7 ESPN. Later on at 6.30 tonight, the ChevyOffers.com New York Rangers pregame show brought to you by your local Chevy dealers. Check out their award-winning lineup and find your closest dealer at ChevyOffers.com. 
All right, Chris, uh, predictions. It's time. The Dolphins here in town against the Jets. Jets favored by five and a half. The over-under is at 45 and a half. Who do you have in this matchup? This is a game the Jets should win, right, Anita? This is absolutely a game the Jets should win. Coming off of a disappointing loss up in Cincinnati, you let a winless Bengals team find a way to get their first win against you, which is the second time that's happened this season for for the Jets. It happened with them with the Dolphins earlier, and I think it happens again with the Dolphins, Anita. I think the Jets do it again. They lay an egg at home. Another underwhelming performance. I got this one. Dolphins 27, Jets 23. I think the Jets lose their second straight. Interesting. I'm with you. I have the Dolphins winning here, which, by the way, uh, the money line is plus 184. <sighs> so let's have some fun with this really quick. Hold on. So what does that mean for, for, for folks? Uh-oh. What? So for folks who aren't really into gambling, what does that mean? Um, so the money line means you could – I like to – I use this. Keep your stinking points. <laughs> Okay, you can keep your stinking points. So if I'm just betting that the Dolphins are going to win straight up, like like not they don't need the plus five and a half to win this this matchup. So in order to bet them straight up, they're plus one eighty four on the money line, which means if I'm putting twenty five dollars down, I'm winning forty six dollars. So I'm I'm laying twenty five dollars that the Dolphins are going to beat the Jets today. With no C.J. Mosley, no Jamal Adams, no Le'Veon Bell, horrible offensive line, more motivation for Ryan Fitzmadrick and um, Dolphins head coach. Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Brian Flores. Brian Flores, who's here, back here. This is his hometown. He would love nothing more than win at home. He's probably got a ton of family and friends that are going to be at MetLife Stadium today. Heck yeah, I'm putting down $25 to win 46 Okay. Heck, heck to the yeah, I am. Right. By the way, my score twenty eight twenty one. The Miami Dolphins. So okay. we're we're on the same mindset, just a little different score. Okay. All right, Monday night, the Giants. Eli Manning starting. Hey now, Golden Tate back. No Evan Ingram. Um, going up against a Eagles team. We heard from Dave Spadaro, who covers the Eagles for Eagles dot com, a little bit earlier on the show. Who do you have winning this? What's your score, Chris? I've got a 26-17 Eagles. I just, I'm having a hard time finding a path to victory for the Giants. I will say this. I think Saquon Barkley will be a better version than we've seen in the last few games. I mean, he, see if he can continue to try to, you know, have some of those spark plays. I think he gets one against this Eagles defense. They have shown themselves to be suspect at times. So yeah, I got the Giants being able to, Put up some points early, but ultimately it's just not going to be enough. The Eagles are playing for something the Giants aren't. So I got it again, 26-17 Eagles. All right. Um, I think the Eagles win too. I love the over here. It's at 44.5. I think a ton of points are going to be scored in this game because both these defenses are not good. And I do believe that Eli Manning comes out and passes for over 250 yards and throws two touchdowns. Uh, But I do have the Eagles winning 32-24. to So right now the line has now fallen to eight and a half. It wasn't nine and a half. Um, curious where the money is going to flow at plus nine and a half. I'm taking the Giants and probably what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play a teaser here. I'm going to tease the Giants up right now. It's eight and a half. So eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yes, I'm using my fingers. Stop it. So I'm going. <laughs> This is what we have to do if we went to University of Sun and Fun. So I'm going Giants plus 14 and a half, and I'm teasing the over down, okay? Okay. To, um, to 38, 38 and a half. Okay. And that's how I'm going to play this. And like I said, my lock of the week is Sterling Shepard over 42 and a half receiving yards. I think Sterling Shepard has a monster, monster night. Okay. So, but I've got uh, the Eagles winning 32 to 24. Gotcha. All right. Okay. Uh, really quick, we've got about, uh, about four minutes left in the show. Uh, we know Ron Rivera's gone. Ian Rappaport's reporting that no matter what happens, Jason Garrett is gone. Uh, looking at the landscape in around the NFL, what vacancies do you think will be available? And it's, it's all, it's, it's good old boys club. So it's, it's musical chairs, dude. We know yeah. that. So where's everybody going? All right. Well, here's where I got. I got seven coaching vacancies this offseason. The New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys, Carolina Panthers, Washington Redskins, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Atlanta. Now two of those teams have already made a move in Carolina. And Washington, but uh, the most attractive jobs to me that will be on the board are the Dallas Cowboys job, the Cleveland Browns job, and the Atlanta Falcons job. And so my whole point with the Giants and Pat Shermer, if you recognize that you're moving on from him this offseason, well, what's the point in Pat Shermer continuing to remain your coach? 
I mean, I feel like you put yourself in a better position as an organization if you start the interview process now. Any prospective college coaches that could be interested, guys that you would want to talk to, why not start having those conversations now as opposed to doing it with back channels? Yeah, you and I, we talk about it a lot on the show. I, I, I think the negative in the hiring with Pat Shermer is that it happened too late because the Minnesota Vikings were in the playoffs and Pat Shermer got a late jump on putting his staff together. And I think it, it's, it's ultimately hurt him more than helped him in any capacity. Interesting you say the, the, the Cleveland Browns. There's some talk and speculation that Odell now wants out of Cleveland and the reports are that Cleveland is willing to trade him and they can trade yep. him and not take a, a huge hit financially. Yeah, because the Giants took the huge cap hit when they extended him, then they traded him. They paid him $20 million for 12 games. So yeah, the Cleveland Browns don't have to worry about it. It It's a manageable contract for a really dynamic player. So does that play into your... uh, I still think the Cleveland Browns are a talented team. With or without Odell. Yeah, with or without Odell. They're still a really talented team. Interesting. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry. It's a lot to like with the David Njoku. It's a lot to like with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. It really is. All right. We've got about a minute 30 left. Um, let's go to Craig. He's been holding on for quite a while. He wants to chime in on the Cowboys and their coaching staff. Craig, got to make it quick. Hey, how you doing? So, um, hey, Canty, this is more for you. So, uh, like I heard you say before that coach design plays, players execute. So many games I've watched this year that the players are there to make the plays, but they don't make the plays. But everybody's blaming Garrett and the coaching staff. It's like how many missed tackles were there, like in the, in the Bears game? Oh yeah, it was awful, man. There was that one flat route by Cordero Peterson where he ran through like five or six guys. No, you're absolutely right. But here's why I say the coaching is in part to blame because the coach is the one that's there every single day, and he sets the standard in terms of what's acceptable with practice, the fundamentals of the game, making sure that you're disciplined, you put yourself routinely in the right positions. Like a lot of that is on coaching. Uh, Wade Phillips used to say it either I'm coaching it that way or I'm allowing it to happen. Either way, I have to be accountable for it. The mistakes are mine. I think that that's, that's how most NFL owners and most general managers look at it in terms of execution. If the players aren't executing, it's obviously a part their problem, but also your head coach allowing that to continue to happen. Chris, each and every Sunday I tell you what a pleasure it is to wake up every morning on Sunday and come in and do the show with you. Thank you, my friend. This is awesome, Nita. It is. It Ready is. to lock uh, in for football. I am. And what a great slate of games today throughout the entire day into this evening. Uh, Kyrie and uh, Nikki, thank you so much. Great job producing the show. Really appreciate it. This is New York Game Day with Anita Marks and Chris Canty on 98.7 ESPN.